Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. Easter weekend, it'll be the Monday after Easter when you guys listen to this, um, if you celebrate. I was kind of sad I wasn't home for Easter. I think I ended up being home last year somehow for Easter. Was I? I don't, gosh, the years are like blending together, especially post-COVID. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like even the years are like all mushed together, let alone the days and the weeks. But um, but anyway, my family has such fun Easter traditions. Every Good Friday, my mom and I would go down to South Philly. Um, my mom's Italian, her family's Italian, and my dad is half Italian, so a lot of Italian traditions and celebrations and all of that. Um, and we would go to all the Italian like bakeries and markets and get cheese and meats and um, pastries and just all kinds of yummy things and um, end up having like this big feast on Easter Sunday in the late afternoon and my family would all come over and we would do like Easter baskets and um, so yeah it was a very I, yeah, I miss it. I'm sad I wasn't there for it. I FaceTimed them and I was like, oh, all the food. But yeah, hopefully whatever you did, you enjoyed your weekend and filled your cup in the ways that you needed. Today's episode is an incredibly exciting one. I had the honor of having Amanda Bucci on as a guest. And wow, this woman has been inspiring me for years now. Uh, fun little story. I actually roomed with a really good friend of mine, Yogi, for a few months during COVID. And he worked with her now husband, John. And he was always speaking so highly of John and Amanda and just their content, what they're doing in the world. And so I followed both of them. And I have not ceased to be inspired by Amanda since I started following her. Her content really resonates with me because she's really focused on getting deep and creating a magical human experience from really discovering who we are, and living in alignment to healing childhood trauma so that it doesn't block us from living the most expansive and beautiful lives possible. She does a lot of work with entrepreneurs, helping them create authentic success in their businesses through energetic psychology and leadership strategies. She has her own podcast, courses. She's been featured in all kinds of amazing publications like Forbes and HuffPost. She has coached under Mastin Kip, who I am a huge fan of his work. She is now about to release a book about being a content creator. It's called Followed. It comes out in June, and I will have it linked in the show notes where you can pre-order it. But I am about halfway through the book right now, and wow, <laughs> I feel so seen. I feel so heard, and I think I say this in the interview, but if I had had this when I started about seven years ago, I would have had a very different experience, mostly because I would have been equipped for a lot of the challenges that arise with being a creator and putting yourself out there in the world publicly. Um, and just the, yeah, it's a mirror. It helps you see all of these areas that you're not healed in. And then you end up having to do the work to heal them if you're going to be successful and keep going and also be sane and be able to function and show up well. And yeah, just um, having her guide me through it the way she does in the book would have been incredibly helpful back then. So, and it's also still incredibly helpful for me to read having all of this information in like one place put very simply and concisely. I'm getting so much out of it. So if you are a content creator or put yourself out there in any way, shape or form in the world, um, in the public eye, this book will add so much value to your life. And I highly recommend checking it out. Before we dive into the interview, this week's magic I felt like this was the perfect thing to recommend because I just signed back up and the magic is BetterHelp. And I signed up for BetterHelp, I guess it was, yeah, October of 2021 when Jeff and my relationship was like falling apart that year. 
and I was wildly self-abandoning trying to fix him and the relationship and just make things work multiple nights I was spending I was spending multiple nights a week sleeping at friends houses or apartments trying to just give him space I was trying to coach him like through what he was going through all the things just trying to need less be less obviously those things don't work and they just left me worse off and with more of my own issues to deal with them because it was creating more trauma for me and I had the most amazing experience with BetterHelp. I got matched with a therapist that I clicked with really well right away and she was exactly what I needed. She really helped me keep coming back to me because I was so focusing. Talk about overthinking and ruminating. I was nonstop thinking about Jeff and the relationship and trying to fix things and what went wrong and how we could change it and yeah, I was completely forgetting about me and what did I want and what did I need and how was I doing and what was best for me and how do I help myself feel good and she really helped pull me back into that and get me into a very stable place and I I ended up working with her through I think it was like February or March when she kind of quote unquote graduated me and it was just, yeah, everything that I needed. And I just recently signed back up for it because I felt that as much as I know so much about psychology and mental health and healing, and I do a lot of work on myself and I think you can do a lot on your own. I still think that there is no replacement for working with a professional and really getting support through hard times. Um, And I felt like just in light of the breakup and also just a lot of deeply rooted childhood trauma, which I've shared a little bit about recently. Um, I've been making some headway, but I felt that support was what I needed right now. And I'm really excited to get started with my therapist. And yeah, I'm going to link it in the show notes. I have either a link or a code where you can get two weeks free if you want to try it out for yourself. But I have had such a great experience with BetterHelp. The prices are so affordable. I believe it's $65 a session, which is a couple hundred dollars cheaper than most therapists are. And the app is so convenient. You can just book your time with your therapist each week whenever it's convenient for you. You get access to their calendar. You can also message your therapist in between sessions as little or as much as you would like. I ended up messaging my therapist last fall so much. Oh my gosh. But it was also helpful even when she didn't always respond right away or respond to everything I wrote, because sometimes she got like three essays (laughs) in like a day and a half. It helped me express all that stuff that was building up in me and expressing is, and I've talked about this before, it's just so, so, so powerful in not letting things get stored internally and like brushed under the rug. You really want to process things, feel things, work through them uh, so that they don't end up creating problems down the road because they create subconscious programs that end up hurting you more than helping you. So if you have any questions about BetterHelp, let me know. I will have it linked in the show notes, but always an open book over here and happy to help in any way I can. And now let's dive into the conversation with Amanda. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Me too. I think there's so many, so many exciting like similarities that we have between our stories and just your content resonates so much with me whenever I read it. So I feel like this is going to be such a rich conversation. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I even reached out to you and I saw the name of your podcast. I was like, I think this would be the perfect thing to talk about on this podcast that's titled The Magical Human Experience because it's the human experience of being a content creator and there's so much to unpack about that. Yes. Yes. I feel like I have been continually unpacking since I became a content creator. Yes. (laughs) I know you mentioned this in your book. It's like one of the most uh, incredibly powerful vehicles for growth and transformation that you can embark upon. Truly. truly. (laughs) It is a wild journey. Any content creator who's listening is just going to prepare to resonate, prepare to feel deep permission and validation and understanding for your personal experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild ride. Um, Well, why don't we start off with, I feel like this question is so appropriate, especially after reading some of your book that's coming out soon. Um, But also in light of what we're going to chat about today, who is Amanda Bucci? Oh, what a question. (laughs) (laughs) I am a coach. I am a content creator. I am a wife. I am a a, a person that feels a lot of things that has a lot of interest in humans and understanding psychology and like the why we are the way we are and 
Um, you know, I, I, I perceive things on a very deep level and I am constantly thinking about myself and my relationships and how I show up in them and how I can show up in them better. And, you know, my, the last 10 years of my journey of being a content creator and a coach and a business owner, a person on the internet has really provided such a rich soil for self-exploration and understanding of even being able to answer that question with, you know, asking every single day, what do I want to share on social media? What is it that I have to say? What do I care about? What matters to me? How am I going to translate what makes Amanda, Amanda, and put it into graphics and videos and turn it into a whole brand? And, you know, what if that changes and evolves? And like, how can I stay true to who I am? And while I'm figuring out who I really am. So there's, there's so many things that I have done. And what I've really come to is like, I am a, a person that is open to like understanding life. And I love relationships. I love people. I really care about helping people feel connected to themselves. Ultimately, what I found over the last 10 years of having an online brand is authenticity. And what it means to be yourself is really the thing that I found myself most deeply interested in, regardless of what industry I'm in, what I'm selling, what I'm talking about it's all really rooted in this like deep understanding of what it means to be authentic. I love that. I love that so much. And so, okay, you've been in the content creation industry for about 10 years. How did you get started and what provoked some of these shifts that you've made? Got started when I was about 21. This was like 2014 back in the, the heyday of, of Instagram and even YouTube when I was probably one of the first people, um, me and like 10, 15 other girls who were doing fitness competitions were some of the first girls to create YouTube channels and do the female fitness influencer thing and share stories about our bodybuilding competitions. And it was just this like very ripe time on the internet. And, you know, if you've been in, on the internet since around that time as well, you very well know that you can very easily take a picture of your salad and get so many followers overnight and it was before Instagram stories re was even a thing. And, you know, there wasn't really the concept of becoming a content creator that wasn't necessarily a thing yet. It was more of like Instagram is a platform and people are sharing what's going on in their lives on it. And oh my God, people are following people and people are gaining thousands and thousands of followers. And oh, okay, I guess I am one of those people now. That's very interesting. And I'm a 21 year old old college girl. I lived in Rhode Island. I was going to nursing school. I was doing fitness competitions and I was just sharing my journey and my story. I found a lot of community on social media. I found a lot of people that I didn't have in my life that, you know, the people in my school, the people I went to college with, the people in, in Rhode Island, I had some connection to, but this fitness thing, I was like, oh, there's so many people online that also care about this. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's like one of the most beautiful things about social media. Community. And community, finding people that resonate with the thing that you're doing when you're sharing, you know, deep parts of your experience. And there's so many people that are like, I care about this too. And you're like, that's fun and awesome. And like one of the best things ever. Yeah. So I did that journey for about three and a half years or so. And I did like eight competitions. I gained hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube. I hundreds of thousands on Instagram, people following, asking questions, like it was such a, you know, beautiful growth journey and like a very fast growth journey as a very, you know, person in my early twenties, I was still figuring myself out, hadn't had a spiritual awakening or anything yet. And there was a point where the fitness, the experience of being a fitness influencer was, beca became this like hindrance to my self-development because it felt like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm at this point in my fitness journey, like as a person where I kind of just want fitness to be a part of my life, not my whole life. I mm -hmm. wanted to just work out and not be a workout person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes sense for content creators. And it was a really, it was a, it was a big challenge because I had amplified this part of my personality, this part of things that I'm interested in, amplified it, fight it, built a brand around it, you know, built so much connection and engagement and community. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I, I'm interested in something else. I, I want to talk about things. I don't want it to be about my body or like what I'm eating or, you know, I, I don't feel particularly interested in like going down the 
the deeper path of like health and fitness and like becoming a perfect like a deeper professional in that sense like I had a lot of information and I could have taken that path but I just it wasn't as appealing to me as it once was so that was my first ever hard pivot into something different and I found business I found marketing that pivot was like the hardest pivot I've ever done I have since made one or like two other kind of more natural pivots that like took a little bit more time but this was like pretty hard and fast I essentially it took me a while but I slowed down my YouTube channel I started a whole new podcast there was a very particular comment on one of my YouTube videos where I was announcing this change of industry essentially and I remember somebody commented and they said this is the most inauthentic I've ever seen you wow oh my god (laughs) which is which is a extremely interesting thing to read as a person who is authentically making steps to evolve and grow as a human being and telling my community about it and someone has hooked on to a version of myself that I presented and they said this thing is different than the thing that you showed me and I don't want it I don't like it I think you're doing yourself wrong which is one of the craziest things that I think could ever happen to someone on the internet. You're like, how do you know me better than I know myself? Like, what, what is this weird thing here? And there's so many things to say about the way that we perceive authenticity, but you know, as content creators, we're actively trying to figure out like, how can we be authentic? But there's constant, this sense of like being perceived, this sense of being criticized, judged, misunderstood, And it's not always safe. It's not always okay to be ourselves, right? It's not always an easy thing to do. So I'll stop there and we can (laughs) go elsewhere. Oh my gosh, no, so much to say. Well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that you had that experience. I just saw a friend of mine post on social media that sometimes us being our most, most authentic self looks really inauthentic to other people. And it's something that right. we have to just, I think it speaks probably to more to them and, and their relationship with their self. Like I yeah. wonder, are they allowing themselves to grow and evolve and change? Or are they, are they keeping themselves stuck in a box if they're not allowing you to? So exactly. yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real mirror. Like in the book, I talk so much about this, like it's a, it's a totally new relationship that we have to figure out. How do we navigate the relationship between us the content creator that has so many like whether it's hundreds or thousands or even millions of people that we're interacting with that like are following us or opted in to our lives or the the persona or the archetype that we're sharing or our businesses how do we navigate the relationship we have to these people and that's really what the book outlines it's like so what you were saying just now about the person who commented it says more about them it's so important i think for content creators to understand relationships psychology um, and how other people are experiencing and perceiving you and like what that experience for other people is like. And that's why I really wanted to just outline like, here's a little bit about how psychology works so we can all understand that sometimes when someone comments something, it says more about them than it does about us. But sometimes there's still things to, to pay attention to. It's not entirely like, oh, they're just projecting or they're just making it up or they're just jealous or whatever there's, there's a lot to look at there and a lot to unpack there because how often do we get comments from people and they do personally affect us. They do trigger us. They do activate us in a certain way. And those are the moments where we get to have, you know, even if it's not founded in facts, even if it's a judgment, even if it's a criticism, even if it's mean or rude or whatever, it's still, we have feelings about it. Mm -hmm. So those are opportunities, not always, the best or like the most clean relational experiences with us and this like a person that commented this thing that's kind of rude but the way that I've always found my way to do it is like all right well I'm feeling something about what they said how much truth is there to that is there anything that I can look at that I can work through within myself whether it's like oh I'm feeling a little imposter syndrome and they're noticing And Mm -hmm. then I went down the whole path of like, okay, how do I work with imposter syndrome? Learning, learning, educating, reading, therapy, figuring things out. It like just, it like allow it to spark and activate a growth opportunity, a little journey that you take yourself on, or even like a big journey. And there's, there's hundreds of opportunities to do that a day. You don't have to take every single one of them, but that's what it is. Yeah. I I mean, 
hearing you talk about your process, it sounds so grounded. It sounds so healthy that you are responding, not reacting, which I know you chat a little bit about ego in the book. And I think it's yeah. interesting because people sometimes think, and I used to think ego was only an inflated ego where you're like obsessed with yourself and you think like, you know, you're God's gift to mankind, but you talk about how there is inflated and deflated and they're both just as damaging. Um, so can you maybe explain that a little bit? And yeah, yeah. how have yeah. you also worked with your ego? Cause I know you mentioned it's something you need to work with, not just like eliminate. Yeah, totally. Ego's ego is such a fun one, especially with social media because social media really <laughs> like, God, it's so funny because it, it almost like gives you this opportunity to amplify your ego. And mm -hmm. it's like, people are going to like you for this stuff. So you should keep making more of this stuff. So more people like you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you should like, you know, inflate yourself and make yourself feel better because you have all these people and you know, you, yes. Like it's almost like this loop and this like affirmation of like oh you have more followers you're better you're more superior people respect you more people will think more highly of you people will pedestalize you and it gives you this like oh my god like inflated sense of power that mm -hmm. is can be dangerous it can be you know a tricky thing to navigate um especially if you're you know we all dance we all have an ego we all have the part of us that is more protective and is trying to help us, you know, feel safe and navigate the world. But it's really this, you know, this part that can be feeling the need to say I'm, I'm better than someone or I am worse than someone in order to protect the reality of whatever the, the pain is or whatever the untapped potential is. It oh, really is there. Yeah. It's, it's really this like shield and this, protective you know pattern to keep us to keep us safe to keep us comfortable and that could look like again making ourselves look better than other people or um using this like unconscious coping strategy of feeling feeling worse and deflating yourself and saying like oh i'm not good enough or i you know don't have anything good to say or no one's going to listen to me no one's going to care about what i have to say etc cetera, etc cetera. so when you recognize that your ego is going to be involved in your process of social media and there are going to be things coming at you that are going to like activate your ego they're going to you know your ego is going to be very involved in the whole social media process in general because it really does have to be you cannot escape it it is it is going to be very present but ego work is some of the most fun to do because when you know how to work with it when you know how to you know sit back and observe that it's a part of you it is not the thing that needs to be running the show the whole entire time but it is a part that you can observe and watch and you're like huh I am um assuming that my audience maybe is is dumber than me or something like that or like they don't get it or like they're this or they're that and I'm up here and we all have our own version of those ego-based thoughts and it doesn't have to be that one exactly you might you know not identify with that one or that one has possibly come up for you it could also be those like lower deflated thoughts as well. But really, and ultimately, if you're living in that state of good, bad, right, wrong, better, worse, then you're less connected to your heart. You're less connected to your like inner, infinite, heart-centered wisdom and loving, authentic energy. And that's going to, you know, add an additional layer of challenge to however you're processing anything. Yeah. You're not, you're not living in acceptance with yourself. You're kind of like, fighting with yourself basically and like mm -hmm. trying to bully yourself almost into being better or your maybe your ego is making you think that you're a lot better than you actually are and it's kind of not it's not aligned with the truth which is probably somewhere in the middle ground yeah and like just a, an example of, of how that's kind of happened in my journey um again I grew an audience really quickly so my my ego was just like okay like I I have people people think a certain way about me like they they think I have something to say and you know I built a, a seven-figure business and I had this you know body that people sought after and there was like a lot of um, praise and a lot of acceptance and a lot of validation and that would you know amplify my ego and then on the inside I would have plenty of imposter syndrome I would have plenty of self-doubt but it was kind of both moments, at the same time yeah 
all, it's both at the same time. It, it really is for most of us, right? Like it's not, it's not always just one or the other. It's usually both. It's usually like, there's kind of this like back and forth of like, I feel awesome. I feel awful. <laughs> I'm yeah. better than everybody. I'm worse <laughs> than everybody. It's so funny. And the, the, the issues that I faced with, with that was when I would be going through some natural part of my human experience. Maybe I'm going through a difficult time financially. Maybe I'm having some health issues. Maybe I'm having some mental health issues. Maybe I'm having some changes with like not wanting to show up on social media. Maybe I am coming to terms for the first time that I'm hitting burnout and I need a social media break, but all these people and my ego is like, they're going to perceive me in a way that's going to make me look worse. That is when ego can be extremely inhibitive to you living out your natural process as a person that might need to take a rest, that might need to take a two-week social media break, that might need to, you know, pivot your brand or your business in, t- in order to do something else, that might need to say how you really feel and say what's really going on with you. And if you're the way that you're going to look or the way that you are scared of rejection or scared to, you know, have that ego hit that is when it's going to become inhibitive to you feeling accepting of your experience. So how do you, how do you work with that? Because it's, it's probably impossible to not think about at least, if not even care some about what people perceive, but I, so I guess it's, you know, always valuing authenticity and alignment over everything else. But like, how do you go about that practically? Especially for me, I find it's hard sometimes. I, I want to be real. I want to share what's going on. But then sometimes yeah. I'm like, I share it a little bit too soon, maybe. And then I feel mm-hmm. vulnerable. Um, and yes. I'm like, ah. um, or yeah. I don't share enough. Yeah. And then I'm like, crap, I should yep. process this more because now I just told the world all of this and I don't even know what I fully think about it yet. And um, oh, yeah, it's just such a hard. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, it's such a dance. It really is a complex dance. And and I, I really did my my absolute best to like I'm gonna talk on the on in this moment as well, but in the book I did my absolute best to outline like each each thing that might happen. Like, you know, if you overshare or if you get that like vulnerability hangover, I talk about how to navigate that in the book. Or like if you so are <laughs> figuring out vulnerability hangover of like, oh my God, now I feel like that this thing that like was my pain and my vulnerability and these people just received it and like maybe it maybe I didn't share it from the right place or like maybe I wasn't ready or I didn't feel supported in my process yet. And like now I'm processing emotional overwhelm from all of these people seeing this like tender part of myself. Oh man. So much of that. Oh yeah. Same. So much of that is, is outlined in the book because it it really is a dance. There's a lot of exercises with, um, you know, deciding when you're going to share something, doing the shadow work of unpacking, like which parts of myself am I hiding? Which stories do I feel like are too tender to share? And really first and foremost, knowing that like you can keep anything private you want. It is not more or less authentic to keep something private or to Mm -hmm. share something. And I think that's a big thing that social media content creators struggle with is like, am I not being authentic if I'm having a day where I'm feeling really depressed and I don't tell my audience about it? Is that me hiding something from them? And the answer is absolutely fucking not. (laughs) the, The reason for that is no one who hasn't established a trusting, intimate relationship with you is entitled to the most intimate parts of yourself. Mm, I love that. No one. And social media is really kind of the final frontier of ownership of your human experience. And the people that, you know, they're the people that are closest to you. Maybe it's like, your partner, your closest friends, some family members, the people that you like reach out to when you're having the worst day of your life. Those people, how much, how many years of like trust have you developed and how much intimacy have you shared reciprocally back and forth with those people? Social media people, you might've had this relationship with them where like, you know, you're, you're especially coaches, especially people that have personal brands that share their story regularly. You might have this like relationship where you're, bringing teaching moments to them and also you're trying to be relatable and like it is nice to have that opportunity to share vulnerably with people because it is very impactful and also it is such a discernment discernment dance of figuring out like when is that moment and the things to pay attention to are like 
number one, do you have support outside? Like at the end of the day, it's going to feel like an exposure mm-hmm. and are, how are you supporting yourself in that exposure being really seen? It's this like, okay, I'm going to be seen. And like, what's that going to do for me? Number one, it is, mm-hmm. what's you the know, it's going to bring up. Yeah. Like what's the, what's, what am I trying to get out of that? And what, how is it going to benefit me? Um, how is it going to benefit other people? And what are the potential consequences or like the potential things that are going to happen? And do I feel supported in that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever, whenever we share stories or vulnerabilities, I personally believe social media has been like one of the best places to eradicate shame in a very swift period of time, like collectively <laughs> yeah. in the last 20 yeah. years, like how much shame have we eradicated from the world? Like so much, thank God, much. For, that. <laughs> thank God for that. But like the bravery and the courage required and, you know, this, the space that's been available, but still people every day, you know, are coming up with like, okay, like it, like content creators are aware that it is an emotional labor process to be like, okay, I'm going to share a story. I'm going to share something that feels vulnerable. I'm going to feel exposed. I know some people are going to misunderstand. Maybe like, you know, they're going to screenshot it and put it on Reddit and like make fun of it or whatever. Like maybe they're going to make some mean comment that's going to make me feel bad or whatever. Within myself, my, my personal process and the one that I outlined and followed as well is do I have enough like strength and um have I like deeply chosen my choices enough to be able to know that even if I don't have all the answers even if I am still in the middle of figuring things out I feel like clear within myself that I am choosing those things for me that they're for my best good they're for my highest good And that might still mean that people don't understand things, whether it's like being in an open relationship. And that's something that I've shared about online pretty publicly or, you know, what, what I charge for my business or like how I'm pivoting or navigating different choices in my business or anything else, really. It's, can I ask myself the question of like, am I good with the choices that I've made? And, you know, can I do that inner work with me, with me, those like, oh, I'm feeling perhaps like shamey about this choice that I made if Mm -hmm. I'm feeling super shamey or super guilty or something like it might not be I might not be ready to process that or like to own that fully with social media but guess what if I'm even considering owning it or sharing it online you get to you get to like release yourself from shame and guilt just by even attempting to share your story yeah wow I love that so much I think that's really powerful really owning owning it. And then yes, it's even, even if it is still tough sharing online, you're going to, you're going to have that inner support that you need to be able to yes. deal with whatever happens. So yeah, kind of a related question then, um, because I think, yeah, branding, bringing branding into all of this, because I, I personally yes. have one of my big whys um, for sharing mm-hmm. and being vulnerable is because of what that's done for me, other women, I was in an abusive yeah. marriage and got divorced and just have been through a lot of trauma and people, uh, mm-hmm. sharing even, yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that yeah. eating disorders were a thing when I first realized I had one yeah. and I felt so isolated, so ashamed. I thought like something was wrong with me and I had a problem. Yeah. And like, I was this like hor- horrendous monster that like everybody would think yeah. is like so crazy. And then I started seeing other people share about it online. And I've seen people share about their divorces online and like Every single Mm -hmm. time I'm going through something and I see somebody else authentically sharing about it, I, it's so healing. It's so empowering. Um, Yeah. And so that's a big reason behind why I like to be vulnerable and share, but then, then you have to bring in branding to all of this. And it's like, well, it's not fully. (laughs) So funny. How do I package this in a way for marketing? (laughs) Yeah. Like, was this really related to what I'm trying to do and my, my message, my purpose? Yeah. How do you navigate Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) is it okay maybe to just share some of you sometimes and it's not, and it not be related to what you're trying to do online? Yeah, the short answer is absolutely. Um, I have a chapter called You Are the Niche. I believe that's what I ended up calling the chapter. And there's so many conversations online about like, what is a niche or a niche or, or whatever. And yeah, I don't even as a person that has, yeah, I even make a joke about that in the book. I'm like, who cares what okay. it's called? I so, haven't gotten there yet. I'm so excited. It's, yeah, it's like, I think it's like chapter nine or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, 
there there are so many conversations about how to really do that. But as a person that has been online for 10 years and I have been both in like multiple different industries, um, yeah. self-development yeah. generally, but then there's fitness and then I pivoted industries entirely to business, which are two totally different things. And then I'm also like self-development and, and healing and psychology, which is different than business. But now it's kind of included because, you know, there's people that are, you know, doing combinations and hybrids of different things now. And that wasn't really the case years ago. It was more siloed and segmented of like, I do fitness and that's it. Versus yeah. now there is much more like deeply, deeply niche people that have just gone on a journey of like, cool, I've, you know, I've done fitness, I've done business, I've done psychology, I've done self-development, I've done social media, I've done psychedelics, I've done open relationships. And like, I personally believe that when you do share all of the elements of your story, you are writing your story as it's going. And at the end of the story, it all makes sense. At the end of your story, your life makes sense, right? Like yeah. it makes yeah. sense to you. And it's more about how, you know, as you're writing your story, as your life is literally happening, branding and niching and, and marketing is like, okay, like uh, these things just happened. How do I, how do I make the narrative make sense to other people now? Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's really like the key, the that's glue the <laughs> of, yes, that's the work. It's like, okay, like if my life makes sense because it's my life and it, uh, obviously it all makes sense together to me and you know, I'm, I'm building a brand and like these things can go together. How can I, you know, share in a way that, that creates that experience for people. But I personally also believe it's a lot less complicated than we think. And it doesn't have to be this like perfectly crafted thing. I think that when you are sharing, you know, from a place of like, okay, I'm a person, I have a brand. Um, maybe my, like, for example, me, like my, brand for a really long time has primarily been about business, but I'm like kind of morphing it into other ish things now, like general life stuff. Um, but not general at all. It's very specific at the same time. <laughs> and I, I talk about my open relationship fairly regularly and that has nothing to do with business, but also has everything to do with my brand and my niche. And it still all falls under the umbrella of authenticity for me. Yes. Yes. So when you can kind of understand like, oh, it's not about my industry. It's not about the topic I'm talking about at any given time. It's about the general theme of what my personhood represents and which ways I'm choosing to create a brand out of that. I love that so much. Yes, this makes so much sense. And it really resonates with me and where I'm at in my journey. Yeah. Uh, after being, yes. <laughs> yeah, being a creator for seven years and starting out primarily in fashion and beauty and uh, just hitting rock bottom during COVID after my divorce and realizing I was not okay and diving into psychology, mental health, understanding me, who am I? How do I work? Why am I feeling so not okay and empty all the time? And like, that journey. And I just couldn't help but not share that. And then I trained mm -hmm. to be a life coach and then have been really getting more into manifestation coaching. Cause that really took me from, you know, being, I feel like the mental health and psychology stuff got me like stable, but mm -hmm. manifestation is what really helped me step into my power and be like, okay, I am not the victim here. I'm the creator. And that is exciting. It's an exciting responsibility. And yeah. okay, how do I, how do I do this now online? Well, also like, I still love style and that still does really empower me. I, you know, when I take time to put on something cute, do my hair, do my makeup, like I feel like a boss babe and that yeah. helps, you know, it, it supports the inner work that I'm already doing. Um, and so I love that. It's really figuring out kind of what is the overall theme. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that will resonate you know, if you have that question in your head of like, okay, this is resonating, this is landing and just start to think about for yourself or whoever's listening, like what, if you were to pick a word for the overarching theme of your brand and you've been through multiple cycles of your brand and it's evolved and changed and morphed and it feels fragmented, if you just look back, you're like, what would the title of this book be? If there wow. were a word or a title or a theme. Yeah. And it's, it's a nice little exercise. Be like, oh, it all does actually make sense because it's literally me. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's the, the other option that some people choose to take is to not 
you know, share every single thing and then allow the brand to morph and evolve. Some people choose to be like, all right, I've found a thing and I don't necessarily need to have my personal life be so involved in how my brand evolves and changes. It could Hmm. be that I just, and there's plenty of people out there, you know, that have like picked a niche They've been doing it for years and it's really about the business. It's really about like the topics and the, the, the education that gets created. But I also personally believe that when people find that and they do, um, they, they create a brand that can last them a very long time. That is something that for me, I see that working for their personality. It is something that works for the type of person they are. Maybe they value their privacy and they value having their personal life be separate and they really thrive when they can just show up to the topics and the education or even like the specific style of entertainment. There's going to be downfalls in whatever you do. Like, you know, for example, if you have, I saw someone posting today, like they, they are a really prominent TikTok creator. They talk about Um, relationships and like, you know, authentic relating and stuff like that. And they have been for years. And she was talking about how she got dropped from her agency or something. I'm not sure the whole story, but she said that having such a specific niche was making it difficult to like work with certain brands or something along those lines. And I know that for people that, you know, niche really hard and go so hard into one thing and they become known for that thing years and years and years. I know one girl I talked to about this, she makes content for, for cancers, like cancers, astrology, and she's been making it for years. And, you know, just imagine having content about one topic like that. It probably for most people would get either boring or repetitive or like, you know, people know me as the person that makes content for cancer astrology. And now I can't do anything else. And that, that can, you know, that can be its own type of difficulty. So I really try to outline in the book, like there's lots of different options for how you can go about your brand and how you can go about, um, you know, choosing like, am I going to add in more of myself with time? So people Mm -hmm. just like Amanda or Jordan and like, whatever we do, they'll, they'll follow it. Or like, you know, the people that resonate will come and they'll go and like, we're cool with that. Or am I going to like double down on one thing and then turn it into like a big business that can be amplified and that can have systems and like that can live beyond me. And I can be like insert myself as the creative talent for that business and that brand. And it doesn't have to be about my personal life and they're, they're different pathways and they all have just different pros and cons. Yeah, totally. There's so many ways you can take it. And, and I guess that comes back to kind of like, what's aligned for you and being in alignment, being in your authenticity. Yeah, um, totally. Love, it's, it's, it's such a choice. Like, yeah, it really is. And I, what I really love, especially reading the book, um, I'm, I'm like four or five chapters in, uh, but all of this stuff, even all of that we've talked about so far today, this is all stuff that is part of the human experience. Even if you're not a content creator, being a content creator, I feel right. like amplifies it, but all of us are trying to be in our authenticity, be in alignment, figure out who we are, do what we love. Uh, just, yeah, so many of the things we've talked about, it's like, we're all kind of trying to do this in real life and then doing it online really just makes you face it and have to figure out. Yeah. It's like this, this extra level of like, okay, if I'm, especially, I feel like life coaches, I don't know. I'm, I'm biased. I feel like life coaches have it the most because we're like living our lives and coaching people about how to live our lives and like talking about, it's just so meta. It's ridiculous and hilarious often, but I think it's, (laughs) such an interesting thing, you know, when you make content about something that's happening in your life, it really, like I said, it's like this final frontier of like, if I can share it with thousands of strangers, it forces me to face it and own it and look at it and even like unpack it and dissect it in ways that I wasn't even anticipating before. For me, the the first time I posted about being in a polyamorous relationship, thousands of comments of like projections and like, you know, isn't that just cheating or like I hope this relationship blows up in your face and like just a bunch of both like mean things but also just like deep questions of like what about kids and what about like would you live with someone like it opened up this can of worms of questions that I didn't even I didn't even know were options to to even ask because those are not my brain's questions or like those are scenarios that I did not hypothesize or theorize on how I would work through those just yet. And I'm, I'm grateful for that experience. And I'm grateful for like how much it opened me up to, you know, even doing Q and A's where people have questions about, 
the relationship and how we're navigating things created opportunities to ask ourselves those questions. So it can be extremely beneficial for your own personal journey to, you know, be sharing online in that way. And I know every content creator has, has felt that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's made me think through so many things I probably never would have thought through. It's so interesting though, like going back to self-perception, um, I remember you said in the book that your social media reality is a mirror image of your current subconscious narratives projected on your phone screen. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, but also as I thought about it, cause I was thinking about my own journey with it. I did not know how I, I did not know who I was when I started out on social media whatsoever. Mm-hmm so disconnected from myself, uh, not in a great place mentally, emotionally. I really didn't have a lot of emotional intelligence at that point. And I, I, my self-perception was actually really terrible. I think just the culture I grew up in, it was, um, very shame and judgment based. I had such a poor image of myself, uh, Mm. social media and posting myself in these outfits that I was so excited about and sharing myself. And I was like curating, you know, creating the best content I could it helped, it really helped empower me and helped me see myself better than I was seeing myself. So it's kind of this like, yeah, interesting duality maybe where yes, it shows us who we are, but it also was reflecting who I could be and wanted to be and was trying to be. Yeah. It's a, it's like such a catch 22, like a paradox of it, it can do both things. It can amplify the places that you feel like you know, maybe you were comparing yourself to other influencers that had different or better outfits or better pictures or, or whatever. And, All the time. You know, I'm so hard on myself. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Like if you, if you grew up with like all the, the level of judgment and like the lower self image stuff, um, amplifying yourself and amplifying your ego and, and increasing it and inflating it was probably really helpful. Yes. And yeah. it also probably had that same mirror of like, and this is where you're deflating. And it's that process. And I'm, I'm curious now, I'm sure that there's like, I accept myself as I am because I'm not inflating or deflating nearly as much anymore. Social media provided the space to, to create healthy ego and healthy, healthier perception of self while also showing me where my perception of myself was not the best and where I was comparing myself or making myself better than or less than other people while also really needing to or feeling like a deep level of value and I feel the same value in um you know not not viewing myself as positively or as like big as I actually am and other people see me and Mm -hmm. the way that other people see me has almost brought me up to like where I perhaps should live all the time which is like I'm actually amazing and I'm very smart and I'm very powerful and I'm very this and people tell me that and if I didn't have that as much then maybe I wouldn't own that as fully as I do. Yeah. I think I definitely needed it. Um, although yes, it yeah. sometimes has, I've had those moments where I'm like, Ooh, you're a little entitled right now. You need to check that. Right. <laughs> it's also helped me. Yeah. It's helped me grow though, because I feel like all the ways that I would catch myself and still to this day, like any areas I see myself comparing myself and not feeling good enough or feeling threatened or challenged by, um, somebody else, maybe exceeding me in a certain area it's shown me that, oh, I'm looking to this thing for validation still in my life. Like, I don't feel like I'm smart enough or pretty enough. Okay. Well, I don't need to be smart or pretty to be worthy. Like I, yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm worthy as I am. So it's been, it's a very interesting, (laughs) a mirror as well. Yeah. 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 I, I, I outline that in the book too, of just like the whole, the whole process, like the point it's such a, again, it's like a meta self-development journey book, social media. And I'm so glad you get it. It's so yeah. fun. <laughs> so it's like that, that experience that you just outlined when you can have the mind frame of, okay, if I am comparing myself, that is showing me where I'm still looking for external validation. And I'm not, I don't have a healthy sense of in, internal validation as much. That's a great opportunity for me to, to grow, or that's an opportunity for me to amplify the parts of myself that I see in other people that I want more for myself. Maybe I'm seeing someone else's speaking abilities are really incredible. And I'm like comparing myself, but ultimately there's a desire under there or even like a jealousy that's rooted in desire, which is I want to be a better speaker. Yeah. So then I grow instead of shrink. Yep. Yeah. I've realized uh, jealousy is just 
a sign that I want something that I don't have. And it's really then, am I going to be lazy or am I going to take responsibility for what I want and go get it? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And like, that's, that's another part where it can get hard because sometimes responsibility can be, you know, we have to add on responsibility as we have bandwidth for it. Like responsibility requires increased emotional maturity, increased levels of like, you know, I have bandwidth. I have a more, like I'm choosing to be more emotionally mature about this. I'm choosing to hold more space for myself and other people Mm. by adding more responsibility, whether it's more social media followers, you're going to have more responsibility. Can you, can you handle that at this point? Like, are you available to have that level of social responsibility where people expect you to correct your mistakes publicly, or they expect you to share, you know, exactly where you stand on various different issues, because that's important to them as consumers. Um, You know, what level of responsibility are you currently available to have with your social media platform Um, or your business? Are you available to be someone else's um, where they get their income and you're adding a team member to your business and adding that layer of responsibility? Yeah. Or any area of your life. Like for anybody here who's yeah. you know, listening and not a content creator, like if you want, <laughs> if you want a man in your life or a woman in your life, like, yeah. are you a match for that? If you want somebody emotionally intelligent, are you also being emotionally intelligent yeah. working on that in yourself? And yep. yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. questions. Um, kind of related. So self-perception um, and I've been using this kind of to create kind of with manifestation, creating my reality, um, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how linked they were until a couple of months ago after Mm -hmm. I realized, so I really dove into manifestation and I saw how I I came to it because I wanted certain things, right? Like love, financial abundance, all of these things. And then I saw I was changing and I was like, wait a second. I'm like less anxious. I'm more empowered. I'm more like joyful and flowing with things. And I got so excited and eventually it clicked that all of the steps are really about just embodying the person who has the things. And mm-hmm. if I can just maybe focus on embodiment and focus on who I am becoming and want to be, that's kind of going to fast track everything, but also have my focus more on what's important. Um, so, but then that really does lead you into kind of self-perception work and how do I see myself? Mm-hmm. How do I want to see myself? Who do I want to be? Um, which mm-hmm. is just, it's just, yeah, it's a lot. And I'm curious to know, how do you go about this work? And how do you go about this, this work in a way that is, because I know you mentioned, uh, it's about, I forget if this is a post you did recently or in your book, but it's, you know, it's not about like achieving the thing or getting the thing. And we get so caught up in that sometimes, or even with our own like journey of who we're becoming, and who we want to become, and it becomes more of a project, how do you balance all of this like growth and evolution and yeah, this work with kind of still also being in the moment in your journey, loving yourself where you're at, mm-hmm. all of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, how do I be accepting and loving about with myself and relating to myself in a loving and accepting way right now, while also knowing I want to embody and be more of myself and and your potential, like you mentioned earlier, yeah, like your potential. potential. Yeah. One, one thing that I have found super helpful for me is really leaning into the acceptance of where I'm at. And mm-hmm. that has, you know, it, it sounds counterintuitive when you're trying to manifest more for yourself, but mm-hmm. accepting yourself where you're at creates like a, a level of peace and inner stability that I think is really important for growth. Mm-hmm. It's really important to be able to be, um, you know, not coming from a place of like anxiety and lack when you're trying to embody more of who you know yourself to be, who you, you know, see your p- potential to be. So yeah. for for example, even doing the podcast tour for this book, I remember writing the book and I was like, writing is so different than podcasting and interviewing and networking. It's like, so it's like, okay, 
you're, if you're an author, go be introverted for two years and put your head down and like, don't talk to anybody so you can write your book and then come out of it and be extroverted as fuck and talk to everybody <laughs> like multiple podcasts a week. It's like, okay, cool. It's like two totally different energies. Yeah. So, wow. and then, you know, even, even having a book and, and owning the fact that I'm an author and like the identity process of that really requires you to be um like really required me anyway to take ownership of like this is a dope book like I am an incredible writer and author and like seeing myself as the person that was doing all of these things because I could have easily and I had many moments of shrinking and feeling into all of the things that are really required to help a book reach the amount of people that it really needs to and deserves to especially when you put so much work and heart and soul into it and you know I saw myself as that person of just being relaxed and owning you know the the opportunities that are going to come to me and being able to speak clearly about things and like being able to really um be the mouthpiece for this you know mission that I am or this message that I'm you know kind of on tour to to say and there were so many moments where I would feel that shrinking process of like, I don't want to, this is scary, this is scary. And like you said, the embodiment of how it's going to feel, but also being able to accept where I'm at in the journey. Um, the things that I did were let myself be where I was when I was writing, like the writing process. I was like, I know I don't really feel ready to do podcasts yet. Like I don't feel, you know, I'm not going to like try to just keep relationships warm because I want to get a podcast out of it. Like that doesn't feel authentic to me right now, but I, I trust that, like, I just deeply trust that like I will do the work to get out of my shell and to do what I need to do to like market this book and be a mouthpiece for it and all the things. But right now I don't really feel like I'm there and just accepting that, but also visualizing actively and regularly and it kind of just happened naturally. What does it look like when I, when I am doing that? How do I feel? Like, what is it? What are, what are the things that I'm going to have to do? Almost like mentally preparing. That's like the visualization process of letting your brain create that reality in your mind and even in your body to feel and to like have this process of like daydreaming even about what it would be like. So when it actually happens and it's happening now, I'm like, yeah, I pictured this. It's, it's inevitable. It's obvious because I already created that reality and I already know what it feels like. Yeah. Which helps it be more safe to your nervous system then. Cause it's not this like yep. new thing that you haven't even like thought about much at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very, it's a very, like, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've just envisioned like what the, the book launch process was going to be like, and like really stepping into the identity of the person that is doing that. Even when I wasn't, I wasn't in that place at all. When I was writing, I was just like, wow, I'm really introverted right now. I'm like, I don't really even have tons of access to like my voice. Like I made so many less video and audio pieces of content. I, I even had to stop my podcast while I was writing my books. I was like, just felt so, so difficult to do both at the same time. And, you know, I was coaching and there's all these, you know, we even had this little conversation about you switching more from influencer to coach, mm -hmm. um, you know, having a podcast for me and also taking on the book writing element of it. And also being a coach, I was like, I actually only have so much energy for video and audio that I'm going to primarily put for my clients right now. And that is scary sometimes because I know I'm going to be getting back into podcasting eventually, but you know, just like letting myself be where I really was and honor that season and honor that process and honor all of the things that I was learning and just like really trusting that it will, it will all integrate and assimilate to help me. And like, I will be an active participant in that process. So I can, you know, be the person that I am when I'm visualizing everything happening. It's like this, this, you know, really nice process of like, visualizing person that you are and like daydreaming and you know dreaming and writing or like whatever that looks like and feeling into it and then recognizing like okay I'm not there and that energy is different it's almost like this very intuitive process that when you have this picture and you know where you are you just start to find the things that will help you really get there and prepare yeah yeah I feel like the more I am in tune with myself and just in alignment with myself being my authentic self the more, yeah, it's kind of just like 
following what feels right at the time and honoring that. But acceptance is a hard thing sometimes, but it, yeah, acceptance is so powerful. I was actually just talking about this on a podcast a week or two ago. So yeah, I was going to ask you like, what is, you know, one thing you've learned about yourself as a content creator? And like, I know we are talking about, you know, going into this kind of new season, but in your experience as a content creator, what, what is like your one thing you would share with people that are also content creators or also figuring things out on their own that you have found the most impactful? To continue to come back to what feels right for me and just to trust and not try to control and overthink and figure it out because that's kind of, that takes me out of the present and it, it puts me in anxiety and just all these energies that are funky. And then I, I get cloudy and I lose track of where I'm going and who I am and what I want. And so, yeah, I think it's just kind of continuing to trust that staying true to myself is my North compass. I love that. That's perfect. Aww. Perfect advice. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. This was such a great conversation. It really was. I'm um, excited about it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media um, and maybe just a little bit about your book when it's coming out, where they can buy it? Yes. Um, Book you can. So again, if you're interested, the book is available for pre-order right now. It comes out officially on June 6th, um, which I wish it was coming out sooner, but there's still some time, which is totally fine, but you can pre-order it. Um, And if you have a my link on Instagram, it is at Amanda Bucci, but you can also for the book, go to amandabucci.com slash followed and you can find all the links. It's also on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any of the, the book retailers. Um, you won't see it in bookstores until June 6th, but you can pre-order it online. So exciting. And obviously guys, I'll have everything linked in the show notes and uh, including Amanda's socials. Her content is always so inspiring to me. And yeah, if you resonated with any of this, it's really about how would you summarize I think you did a little bit in the beginning, but it's really just about helping people step into their authenticity and navigate this kind of crazy human experience and all of it. Yeah. 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 Like the the subtitle, the subtitle is the content creator's guide to being seen, facing judgment and building an authentic personal brand. And really when I was, I, I remember this one moment where I had to rewrite the introduction because I had written the whole book and I was like, oh my God, the introduction is not aligned with the rest of the book and the introduction is the hardest part to write and I was like sitting in my process and I was really struggling to figure out like what's the what's like the ultimate point of the book like what's the main angle and I had some content about you know mental health and like how it can be really challenging for your mental health and trauma stuff and then there's stuff about like you know branding and your personal brand and like there was kind of a businessy direction and I ended up doing an MDMA journey and I was not planning on this, but the idea, like the whole theme of the book just dropped in. I was like, it's about authenticity. It's about how, like how to stay true to yourself, the whole experience, the whole ride. Like there's so many influences and so many things and so many people. It's like this amplified experience of like, Hey, you're here to talk about yourself to like carve out a corner of the internet just for you and you get to decide exactly what it is but you're gonna have this barrier this roadblock these people saying these things these fears come up your trauma your past experiences you're gonna have new experiences that are gonna be challenging and you have this beautiful opportunity to create yourself and it's really all about what you choose to do with it and the whole book is this like just journey to ultimately connecting to and realizing that you can truly just be yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is such a, such a relief and a gift and a exciting thing to like, when you finally realize that, like, we just get to be us. Like get to be us. It's beautiful. That's actually so funny because we get to be us is my wedding hashtag. <laughs> no way. Oh my God. I yeah. She got married. It looks beautiful. Your, your wedding. Yeah. Looks we get to be us with so many meetings. It's just like, we, we do just get to be us. That's so funny. You said that. <laughs> I love that. Well, I will have everything linked in the show notes. The book is such an amazing resource. Honestly, I saw some of the, um, what are they called? But endorsements. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm not an author. <laughs> oh endorsements, my endorsements. Yes. <laughs> First of all, everybody you had, I was like, Oh, Mastin Kip, Lewis house, uh, the holistic psychologist. I forget her actual name. I'm like, Oh my God. Nicole. 
Dr. Nicole, yes, amazing people. I love all of their work and everything they said. Like, I think Lewis Howes was like, I wish I had had this. And I was thinking that as I've been reading the book, like, I wish I had had this. Like, it just, yeah, your book is so like well organized and simply put while also being incredibly deep, but just everything you need to know. It's like the starter kit kind of, but like not just, not just for the intro, it's through the whole thing of like, kind of how do you, how do you support yourself um, and go about this in a way that feels good and also includes trauma and all of that stuff. So, yeah. So, so excited. Yeah. I really, my vision is that it helps people that are like just getting started, especially younger people that, you know, there's, it's so intense to not know who you are and literally be so young and you know, especially the younger people that have lots and lots of followers. And it's really, it's a really intense thing. So I really hope that it reaches the people that it can really help. I believe it will. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we'll chat again soon.